Welcome to today's program. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You know, today, and I know everybody knows this, our world is devastated by this coronavirus. Unnamed men and women from close by and far away are coming to the aid of those of us that are in need. Six months from now, we're going to read new stories of that document, compassion, and assistance for those lives devastated by this pandemic. Assistance received from these unselfish men and women These are the true heroes that we need to be thinking about and saying thank you. And I saw this morning that, you know, coming into the office, I saw this on on a big screen, big uh, board out on the highway, a big thank you to, to these heroes, and so much we appreciate that. You know who I'm talking about, and that's the doctors, the nurses, first responders, the workers in the grocery stores. I mean, we don't forget about those people. They have all kept us going during this pandemic. They are on the front lines of this war, and they are the ones that continue to come alongside of us and give us assistance. And I so much appreciate that. But behind the scenes are those people, those heroes, the caregivers, the pastors, those compassionate people that listen when we hurt. And that's important. I have one of those heroes with me today, and I'm going to give him a chance to give us some insight into what's going on as far as when you're going to be one of those people that find yourself unemployed. I want to talk with people that are that are there and how you're going to do that. So in the second half of the program or the middle third, we're going to be talking with Richard Redmond. So if you happen to be one of those people that find yourself in the unemployed line, you don't want to miss that part of the program because he's going to help us understand career transitions. But I also, when we talk about the heroes, the caregivers, the pastors, those compassionate people that listen when we hurt, I have one of those heroes with me on the phone, Jamie Fish. He is a biblical counselor at Bellevue Baptist Church. Jamie, welcome to the program, sir. Uh, Good morning, Jim. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, Jamie, I thank you for being a part. You've been on the program before, but I just feel like that what we're doing today, when I talk about heroes, the doctors, nurses, first responders, and those people working in the grocery stores, they are our frontline heroes. But I look at you, and I look at some of our pastors and our counselors that are kind of behind the scenes, but yet so important in this time of anxiety of concern, of fear, of, you know, the the elderly being concerned about their spouse, you know, from that standpoint, or the kids concerned about their parents. Would you describe some of the issues that you're seeing today? And, you know, or is there an increase or a de- decrease in as far as counseling requests for you today? Well, at this point, there hadn't really been an increase, Jim. It really seems that uh, maybe people don't realize that we've continued our ministry, but 
what I see is uh, maybe a compounding of the problems, uh, just an exasperation of the of the issues that people are dealing with because of the uncertainty. How would so, you, when you talk about this uncertainty, that's kind of my concern, the fear, the worry, the anxiety. How would you encourage someone to deal with this this whole thought process? I mean, they've got to be feeling a little bit, I mean, you know, we can handle being kind of closed up for a week or two. But now we're into yeah. over 40 days of doing this. So how do you how do you help somebody? What would you say to them? Well, when people are dealing with uh, worry and anxiety, uh, fear, um, first of all, I want to try to uh, delve in and find out, you know, are we dealing with some kind of a clinical depression? Um, but if not, then I want to try to create a picture in their mind of, of what it is that they're up against. Um, and so I use word pictures to help describe that. I can remember a time taking our children to Florida and and our toddler getting in the wave pool. And, you know, the teenagers love that. And when the waves get big, it's wonderful for them, but very scary for little ones. And uh, when he was in the middle of it all, feeling like he was drowning and it was obvious on his face, we uh, signaled him over to the side and pulled him up on the concrete. And so when there's uncertain things, when there's scary things, if we can get over and get our feet on something solid and something that we know that we can trust, uh, I think that that's, that's the key in all this. And I think we find out in situations like this what people really are trusting and that maybe not are always trustworthy. Oh, that is so important. I know this past Sunday, uh, you know, it was Easter Sunday. And uh, in my life group, we actually talked about where do we place our trust. And obviously, for you and me, we talk about the trust that we have in the Lord, and He's a risen Savior. And I think so much of that's so important. It's very difficult, I'm sure, to navigate this. The word picture you gave me is perfect. I can remember the wave pool mentality, and that's, that is absolutely a, a vivid— you know, it's kind of like it's not so bad. I, I think about rowing a canoe down a river. When it's really easy, you know, nice calm waters, you got it. It's not so bad. You hit the rapids, and all of a sudden, that— anxiety level goes up pretty high. That's what you're talking about. Yes. And I try to reassure people, you know, in in my mind, I think people are either a Dixie cup, a waste can, or a a 55-gallon drum, and all of us can handle so much, but even a 55-gallon drum, once it's full, the next drop spills over. And that's when people are are expressing these things. And so, you know, I want to try to find out, are people dealing with just normal fears, or is it is it more than that? Uh, how's it playing out in their home? Because that's basically where we are today. And then there are some that are out there as first responders that are that are dealing with new pressures and and then bringing that home. I, I think we've all seen the little video clips of nurses and doctors uh, weeping, uh, sharing their story of of what they're doing at work. And so this is an unprecedented time. We hear it over and over again. I think there's answers, and um, it's been exciting to see uh, some people make progress. I had a couple that I, uh, just a few months ago, were on the edge of divorce, and even in the midst of all this, because we got their feet on the concrete, they they said that they were at, at 8 out of 10 in their marriage, and we talked about the reasons why, and they had they climbed up the, the, the ladder and gotten their feet on the rock. So it's, um, it can be an exciting time for people because they can put some new things in place that they really can trust. Well, that's that's important for our listeners, because if you just tuned in, my guest is Jamie Fish. 
He's a biblical counselor at Bellevue Baptist Church. He's on. He's one of my heroes. He does a phenomenal job of helping people through some fear, worry, anxiety. But now let me ask you this, Jamie. When you talk about this, how do you distinguish between normal fear, anxiety, normal, and this anxiety that's coming from this medical problem that we're seeing with the coronavirus. COVID-19 is creating, I mean, if you listen to the media day in and day out, it just seems to come at you like a waterfall, just constantly beating you down. How do you distinguish between normal fear, anxiety, and worry? Uh, Well, I think just, first of all, um, asking the questions and finding out what people are experiencing. But then, um, you know, when there's a lack of of motivation, uh, lethargy, uh, lack of energy, uh, lack of excitement for things that they would normally do, even things, you know, all of us enjoy a snow day. And you're right, I think the duration of this is going to create a greater sense of urgency to, to try to talk with somebody uh, about what they're, what's going on. So I try to find out what they're dealing with, what the symptoms are, and then, you know, if it's a anxiety or a panic attack, you know, now a panic attack is a little bit different because it it presents with some medical symptoms uh, that aren't true. And so, you know, I've talked with many people who have called me up because they went to the hospital thinking they were having a heart attack, and they did all the tests on them, and then they said, you're fine. And they were they were scared then because they're like, okay, well, I'm not fine. I'm experiencing all this. So trying to figure out, you know, what the symptoms are and then uh, attacking it from that, that way. They're the... You know the the source is still the rock. You know we got to get our feet on the rock. But then there's there's special things that we would do to help uh, people who are dealing with with uh, different uh, variables of this. And so um, I try to I look in people's eyes. You know can they communicate with me? Are they following along in a conversation? It's a little bit harder to do, and we're doing all this over the phone. But uh, those are the things that I, I normally try to do. And so I let them describe what their experience is, uh, what the what the factors are that are playing into that, and then then we go from there. And I do think that sometimes, you know, medical help is needed and uh, and helps a lot, especially when people have a difficulty processing what what you're talking with them about. So um, I'll encourage people to to share with their doctor what their symptoms are, and then a lot of times they'll uh, follow through with that with some um, medical uh, help. That is so important, too, because I think this, um, you know, I'm thinking about you, you're talking about the clips that we've seen on the news of people going through those stressful times. So let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned the couple that two or three months ago or a month ago, they were struggling uh, in a marriage. Now they're eight out of 10 in success. That, that's a that's a great story. What about the, t- the couple that was maybe they thought they were an eight or a nine six months ago, and today there are two or three. How do you recommend keeping peace? And that's that's a tough time, especially if you've got minor children. All of a sudden, you're an educator, and all of a sudden, you got to play with the kids all day. I mean, there I know some parents, my grandkids, you know, are, are a little bit older, but the reality is it's a, it's a ongoing struggle to keep peace in the home during the quarantine. How do you, what do you recommend? Yeah, in some cases, it's it's learning some brand new things uh, because couples don't realize the peace that they get from being apart from each other all day. Now they're together. Plus, with the kids, um, I think um, you know we can, we can learn from our predecessors. You know, we had 
we had people that lived before us that didn't have technology, they didn't have iPads, they didn't have streaming services, and they pulled out board games and they played together and they talked. And I think, you know, obviously as a pastor, that praying together, um, reading Scripture and drawing uh, encouraging uh, content from the Word of God really helps a lot. And my wife and I were getting out and walking a little bit and praying together. And um, she said just the other day, well, I'm, I'm going to be sad when you have to go back to work. So I think, um, you know, kind of learning to reinvent ourselves and take advantage of some of the resources that are available to us. I know that most most people in Memphis have, you know, 10 to 12 Bibles in their home, but maybe don't have a good grasp of what it says. And many of them will have a concordance in the back where they can look up fear and worry and anxiety and find passages of scriptures that will help them. So those are the things that I steer people toward. And when people come here, they that's what they're looking for. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I think it's that uh, board games and it's it's the Bible. It's, it's diving into, it's doing, as you said, maybe what our parents and grandparents did, which was natural because they didn't have all the electronics things. And I think it's the walking. I mean, I, I'm i walking you know, with my wife on a pretty regular basis. And the reality is, you know, she walks slower than I do. And so she said, you know, I don't want to walk and slow you down. I said, hey, I just enjoy the walk. So we're walking two miles today. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's a little slower for me. I kick in and do an extra mile at my pace. But the point is, it's it's kind of fun, you know. And uh, I'm going to tell you, my marriage is at an eight or a nine. Now, don't call her, you know, KJB. Don't die at this point. Get her feedback. <laughs> Get her feedback on that. But I know we've actually stepped out in, you know, some projects, quote, unquote, that we've said we got to get done we got to get it was going to take both of us to do them and we're right in the middle of those projects now and taking the time to work together to to put things together how would you recommend someone today to lead their family that's so important today to lead their family during this time what would you what would you say to a man that's in charge of his family who's working through that process what would you say to him well i think first you know we've got to lead ourselves well and going back to my little illustration, you know, making sure that my feet are planted firmly. It's hard to encourage somebody else if you don't feel encouraged yourself. And, you know, I think a lot of the men are uh, feel the burden of providing for their family. Well, that, in some cases, the rug is completely pulled out from under their feet. And I think your next guest will maybe hopefully encourage some of them. But I think then at that point, um, I, I realize in my home I'm not the good shepherd. But I'm an under-shepherd, and if my wife can see me following the Good Shepherd, she's a lot more at peace, a lot more comfortable, because she doesn't look to me for the answer. She sees who I'm looking to, and I think that that's a key thing, um, is uh, just making sure that we're we're uh, stable ourselves and uh, that we work through the issues before we step up and try to give leadership to somebody else. That's great counsel, great counsel. My guest is Jamie Fish. He's a biblical counselor at Bellevue Baptist Church. Jamie, let me ask this question. Having never been a single parent, but having many, many people that I work with that are single parents, this is a difficult time for them. I mean, they don't have the support. One time in my life, my wife was with her mom for about a two and a half week period, and I was practicing as a single parent. I found out just in a very 24-hour period, it is tough being a single parent. 
What do you yeah. say to that single parent today? I mean, they have got they're the heroes. They're taking care of family. They're doing all they can just to hold it together. What do you say to them? Yeah, well, I understand the challenge. I, I got to be a single parent for a little while too, as you know, and. I found out I was a decent dad, but I was a terrible mom. Um, I think just um, knowing that uh, that there's help and support. Um, you know, the churches aren't meeting, but we are very busy and very active, and we've got people that are here that are thinking creatively, and I know a lot of the other churches in town are doing the same thing. We're trying to figure out ways to uh, get resources to people who have needs. So this may be a time while the churches aren't meeting that uh, that people who have needs uh, would take advantage uh, of maybe starting a new relationship with a church fellowship and finding out what resources are available and accessing those. So, I mean, they, they can call the church here. Um, we have food and we have some different resources. We've been a... Uh, people have sent us uh, masks that we've been able to, to forward to other people. So we're we're really kind of a... A, um, a deposit ground for some things that we're just shifting out to others. So, you know, and then I think um, seeking some some support in, in in counsel. We are still doing our counseling. I think we uh, there are not a lot of people that are knowing that or taking full advantage of it. But we're still doing that online, over the phone, uh, through FaceTime and Zoom. So, um, you know, connecting with other people who can encourage them is a big thing. Jamie Fish, Bellevue Biblical Counseling, if you would like to reach out. Jamie, if they're interested in talking with someone at the church, if they would like to just just to touch base, again, to have that person that just can listen, do they call you at, what's the number they need to call you? Yeah, and uh, let me say, Jim, our services are free, so there's no cost to them. And we have uh, about 13 different counselors who are available, and we're just working from home. The number to call is 347 5830, and they can leave a message, and we have secretaries that are checking the phone line every 10 minutes, and they'll call them right back and set up an appointment for them. So that's 347-5830. Now, if you're one of those people that are saying, man, I feel this anxiety, you know, those are things, that's a number for you to call. Now, when I talk about heroes, I granted doctors, nurses, first responders, the workers in the grocery stores, all of those that have kept us going during this pandemic, no question we're going to read in the future some compassionate stories about what they have done. But behind the scenes, this may be the hero that can save your life or give you the direction. So if you want to call them, 347-5830. Jamie Fish, any of the 13 different counselors. Jamie, thank you. Stay with us. We're going to introduce in the second next part here, we're going to talk to uh, Richard Redmont because career transitioning this can be really tough when you think about it. The top most stressful life events in a person's life are death of a loved one, divorce, moving, major illness or an injury, but job loss, an unemployment that's you know that is expected that's that's unexpected. Excuse me, and we're going to see unemployment at this next couple of days, weeks, being at high as fifteen percent. So, Richard, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. Well, let me let me kind of help you with this. I, I really want to introduce because when I think of what Jamie does, I need you to get you know right there, and I need you to understand where we are because Jamie is in that 
position to guide you through the fear, the anxiety, but Career Transition Ministries. And Richard, you are a counselor, a facilitator for Career Transition Ministries. Uh, That is correct. All right. Now, let me help me with this. What is, for our listeners... Just exactly what is Career Transition Ministries? Uh, sure, Jim. Uh, Career Transition Ministries has been around 30 years. I've been involved uh, probably about five years. Um, we lead a group. It's a group of professionals. We have people that are former human resource managers. We have people who have been in the military. Uh, we have a former pastor, uh, people who've led companies, um, all different things that can help you in all the different areas that go through when someone finds them suddenly suddenly just out of a job and they don't know what to do. So this is for everyone. I mean, this is for that. You know, when I talk about unemployment getting to the point of being at 15%, that's a big number. So you've helped, I know know, when you say it's for everyone, you've helped thousands of people, whether it's sales, it's IT, operations, management, administration, all of these employees, you're involved in counseling, guiding. What actually do you do, Richard? When you think about it, I go to this meeting, and so I'm, I'm there, I've, I'm, I'm shell-shocked, you know, from that standpoint. Tell me tell me what actually happens. Yes, you're exactly right. It's for everyone. Uh, we've had people in every uh, trade, job-type uh, position. Um, so one of the things we do is we uh, we start to help them understand the stages of job loss, uh, which include uh, shock when they first find out. They don't all of a sudden they work for a company, maybe three years, five years, it may have been 20 years. Um, we help them understand the, the grief process, uh, which is an area Jamie Jamie can help with great greatly. Uh, we help them prepare their resume, prepare uh, their LinkedIn profile so they can get no- noticed on social media. Uh, we help them learn how to interview. For some of these people, they've not interviewed in a very, very long time, uh, including how to interview with uh, behavioral questions that will be asked of them. Um, we teach them how to work with recruiters. Uh, we help them understand the importance of networking, which is vitally important in the process that, w- that we teach. And then we help them make uh, guide them in tough decisions, whether it's financial decisions that they'll make now that they're out of a job and with their families as well, because uh, it's so critical for them to get their spouse on board as they go through this stressful thing, uh, period, season in their life, because it causes strain on marriage. And so we help them with conversations that they can have with their spouse so they understand what's going on to, to try to save those marriages. Jamie, when you when he, Richard is talking about this stress on a marriage, do you see that because of the unemployment? Now, this to me, you know, I, I tell me, is this going to be the same thing as you saw in 08 and 09 when unemployment just plummeted down to ten, a little over ten percent? Are the is the stress going to be the same in your opinion? Do you see that, or or what's your take on this this idea of anxiety and fear around unemployment? Oh, yeah, it'll be the same. And, uh, you know, the the factors are different, obviously, but it'll be the same as it plays out in the home. And I think, you know, a a big part of it uh, and what he's talking about is making sure that people understand I have a responsibility to work. But if uh, and and on our end, this is the approach that we would take that um, that they would see that uh, God is the provider, that they have to work and, and they need to work. But God is the provider. It's a heavy thing to carry that burden on our shoulders. And a lot of men have been taught that, that they are the provider for the family. Yeah. Well, they're to work, 
But ultimately, God is our provider. Yeah, amen. If you just tuned in, my guest, Richard Redmont, we're talking about career transitions. Jamie Fish, we're talking about biblical counseling. They're heroes. They're behind the scenes. When we come back, we're going to find out why would you work with someone? When would you spend some time with career transitions? Why would you spend some time with biblical counseling? So many times, single parents, dads in the workforce, whatever, you think, I can handle this. I can do this. You kind of say, I'm big enough. Well, maybe you need some help. We're going to find out why it's so important. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker, Richard Redmont, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Secure and Financial Services are affiliated with Jamie Fish or Bellevue Baptist Church. The views and opinions expressed are those of Jamie and Bellevue Baptist Church only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Secure and Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. My guest is Jamie Fish from Bellevue Baptist Church. He's the biblical counselor there and Richard Redmont with Career Transitions. Now, let me explain Richard. Richard's also a financial planner and a CPA at Shoemaker Financial, but he's a facilitator for Career Transition Ministries and has been doing this for five years, does a great job. We're talking about whether you're understanding the whole process that's going on, that you got to prepare a resume, and he when he works with someone, it's not just Richard, it's all the professionals. And Richard, you had said to me that these are retired people or people that have just said, this is my ministry to help someone go through this transition. Uh, exactly. There are people who've been uh, HR professionals in large companies. There's people who've run companies. There's people who work in helping large companies when they've had layoffs over the years on helping with the resume, helping people interview, get them back employed. The biggest thing is coming up with a plan. Oh, that's that's the tough part. I understand that. Now, you had mentioned the idea behind uh, understanding that networking was critical. And I've read that that networking is like 80% of the job searches around the networking process. And I know that's difficult for some people. So there's coaching going on with the networking. Absolutely. We, we coach people on how to network. Um, so many people don't know how to do it. So there's some, some of us are extroverts and we network all the time. Other people, um, more introverted. That's not easy for them. What we do is we help coach them. We help connect them with people and we teach them a process of how they can go to the people that they feel comfortable with to get them to introduce them to some of the people that they need to talk to. You know, that's amazing. I do radio, but I don't think I'm a good networker. I just, I feel uncomfortable sometimes and just stepping into a crowd. I'm okay once I'm there, but you know, some people are natural at it. I mean, they're just very good at it. Now, I want everybody to understand this is salespeople. This is administrative assistant, customer service, accounting, IT, operations, management. It's the big blanket of this group of people that are going to find themselves unemployed. So let me get you. Jamie's still on the phone. I want to ask him the same question. What is the most important thing that we want to leave with our listening audience from Richard Redmond, Career Transitions? The the biggest thing is that you have to come up with a plan because so many people, when they get hit with this, uh, 
they'll they'll kind of go inside themselves. They'll sit at home. They won't take action. And so what Career Transition Ministry is, is it's a place where you can go like any kind of support group, whether it's a support group for cancer survivors or, or families of that, or it, with addiction or all kind of different things. You're going to be with a group of people that are going through the same exact thing that you are. And that helps. And then with our facilitators, we'll, we're able to help you take action and not feel lost. And so each day, our goal is to help you take one step forward to your job. Amen. That sounds that's perfect. So tomorrow is a meeting, a Zoom meeting. And if they want to know more about how to get connected to that Zoom meeting, 757-5757, they can call, ask for Richard Redmond. Uh, and you could Dawn will answer the phone, and you can just ask for Richard Redmont, 757-5757. Tomorrow is a Zoom meeting for Career Transitions, and you're the facilitator. Absolutely. It, our meeting it will be from 9, 9 to 10.30. It's every week. It uh, normally meets at Advent Presbyterian Church. Uh, right now it's on Zoom, and uh, we have, oh gosh, lots of people that, that come on and we help in a lot of different ways, and then do some one-on-one counseling as well. So the bottom line is, they can call you tomorrow at seven five today today to get sure they get connected seven five seven five seven five seven. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate what you're doing. Let me ask you, Jamie. Again, bottom line: the, the fear, the anxiety of the coronavirus. What's your closing thoughts on that? Well, I, I believe that uh, we're all similar, and I agree with Richard that when we go through experiences, uh, many people tend to kind of go in, in inside themselves to try to find answers. But, you know, all of us are interpreters of our experience, and we need uh, help and encouragement to interpret uh, what those experiences are correctly. And so um, I think it's very uh, valuable to have conversations with people who are objective, who can uh, help identify maybe points of weakness and strengthen those and reinforce areas that are strong and uh so just helping people interpret and and to uh, interpret correctly what their experience is so they can uh, not be overwhelmed by it. Right. You know, Jamie, so much important. Let me give out that telephone number again if you've got questions or you would like to talk to someone in the career department at Bellevue. It's 347-5830. I, I think what Richard said and what both of you are saying, if you if you – Think that you're feeling the anxiety and the fear, not think, you know. Don't put it off until you've just really gotten into it. Make the phone call, whether it's to Richard, 3757-5757, and talk to him about career transitions, or you just need to talk to a professional, and Jamie Fish is a professional biblical counselor, 347-5830. I really, really, truly want our listeners to know these are resources that you can rely on and depend on to help you during this pandemic. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the program. Uh, you know, the, the key is that you, you know, you guys have been so helpful and uh, we'll get you back on in the future too. So thanks guys. Okay. Thanks Jim. That's uh, Jamie Fish, Bellevue Baptist Counseling Service. And of course, Richard Redmont, Career Transition Ministries. Thanks guys for being a part of today's program. My guest now, Shannon Dyson. He has actually become a regular on the program because we're talking about the CARES Act. It was signed into law, and I tell you, when we come back, we're going to dive into how's it working. 
Are we seeing the money sent out to the small businesses that it needs to? Well, we're going to find out. But before we do that, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about Mid-South History Moment, one of the best parts of the program. This lady does a wonderful job for us. Stay with us because you don't want to miss Shannon Dyson. He's got some great ideas and some thoughts, and he's going to give us an update. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The Peabody Hotel is a landmark virtually synonymous with the South. Like so much of Memphis life in the 1960s, the hotel's beginnings were surrounded by the joys and sorrows life brings. Saddened by the news of his good friend George Peabody's death, the hotel's builder, Colonel Robert Brinkley, named his new building after his friend. Brinkley later gave the hotel to his daughter as a wedding gift. Though the hotel remained in the hands of the Brinkley-Snowden family for decades, it was forced to close and reopen before settling on its present location on Union Avenue in 1925. Since that time, the Peabody has been an important center of culture not only for Memphis and the Mid-South, but for the whole United States. During the 30s and 40s, the hotel hosted one of just three live national radio broadcasts, while the Skyway and Plantation Roof were an attraction for the great big band dancers. But the hotel's greatest and most enduring feature will always be the Duck March. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. While we're talking with Shannon Dyson, a frequent guest, I mean, since this whole pandemic and coronavirus started, he has been keeping us up to date with basically what's going on as far as the CARES Act and how what's affecting as far as the insurance and things like that. And so, you know, again, I think it's important for us to know how do we administer all of these disaster loans, the Paycheck Protection Program. And so welcome to the program, Shannon. Thanks for having me back. I was, I guess next week my name will be on my chair, right? No. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You know, okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought I'd try. Good wishing, though, you know. <laughs> Just, you know, hey. It's worth boy, a shot. I tell you what, Greg, he all of a sudden he's here three or four weeks and, you know, he wants everything, you know. It's kind of the deal. I got it. I got it's it. It's just a name. <laughs> all right, guys. I mean, this is a problem. We've been working now with the CARE Act. I think it's three weeks now. It's been signed into law. Are you seeing the money that's to be, is it working in your opinion? I know you've done a lot of research. You talk to a lot of people, the banks, the SBA people, the loan, I mean, as far as the, the SBA, I mean, the, the business owners, what's happening? Yeah, so let's just start with the sheer size of this this program. As of yesterday, uh, the SBA recorded there were one, 1 million loan applications approved for a total of $253 billion out of the $350 billion that was originally allocated uh, for the program. So there's only $100 billion left. $100 billion left. Now, that I said approved doesn't mean that people have actually gotten the money yet. It oh. just means that those loans have been 
uh, approved. Well, but I better get my loan request in. <laughs> that's a hundred, only a hundred billion left. But so you're saying that they are making progress. They're making progress. the The program had a had a really rocky start. the The applications for the the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, those were supposed to be available April third. Uh, they actually didn't become available until April sixth or seventh, so that Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so you're talking about what is today the the fifteenth. So we're we're seven days into a program, and we've already had a million applications uh, approved. So that they're moving through the process, but I think that small business owners are probably a little bit frustrated. Uh, there was there were timelines that were put out that maybe were a little bit unrealistic in the beginning. Uh, and so things are moving, just probably not at a fast enough pace. So are they you're saying their their the experience is probably not meeting expectations. So let me ask you this. Are they when are they seeing the money yet or when do you think they'll start seeing yeah, the money? Yeah, so if, if you read the different different posts and different uh, analysts that are online talking about this, it's hard to find uh, businesses that have actually seen uh, actual money yet. Um, there was a, a the the big SBA loan that was the one that everybody was talking about. That was the ten thousand dollar grant. Just go on and apply. You'll get a grant within three days. I mean, that was what was said. Um, we haven't found anybody yet that has gotten that grant, and over four million people applied for that economic disaster loan. So I think that's where the frustration is, you know, setting expectations at three days to get a grant. And then people that have applied more than two weeks ago have maybe not even seen an email back from SBA yet. Would you call that over-promising and under-delivering? That's where you want to stay away from, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I feel sometimes, you know, I know I so much appreciate that Congress got this done in the speed. Now, I also feel that that's something we're setting a precedence that all of a sudden we can pass loans, throw money, yeah. print money in a, in a huge way. We're going to pay that price at some point. But I guess my feeling is if you're telling me I can get it, you want it to go. as. But that's we're talking about a huge machine here. Right. Doesn't work as smooth as we'd like. Well, you, you put all the press out that you're going to be putting three hundred and fifty billion dollars and we're going to move through these loans quickly. And then you get to the fine print. Well, on the PPP loan, actually, is going through your local bank. And for the SBA, you're going actually to the SBA website. And so there's a lot of moving parts that when a small business owner, I mean, you could you could pick up the phone and call 10 small business owners today, and you would still, you'd probably find at least half that are really unsure of what they even need to do as far as apply for the loan. So the information, there's so much information and so much information that people just can't get to still. That's a great point. I know you have taken some charities through this because charities are eligible, and yep. you're working with some small business. If you're listening and you want to talk to Shannon, Shannon's telephone number is 757, again, at the office, 757-5757. I mean, he's already experienced in filling out the paperwork, going through with people, and being successful getting, you know, receiving the fact that they're going to get the money. Yes, we have. We, we've filled out several for small businesses and nonprofits. Um, and so we know the process. And, and to be quite honest, the, the process is very easy. It, it's a matter of a 10 to 15 minute application process or lower. And if I can do something on online in 10 minutes with an application, anybody can do you know, it. I, you say that, you know, <laughs> and I mean, I appreciate the fact that it's easy and not, not difficult. But, you know, for some people, uh, just putting information on the paper on a computer is not easy. Sure. And I think that's why, you know, so you're available, but at the same time, don't shy away from something. 
don't shy away from it because it's, you know, when you go online and I say it's, it's easy, the first part of it, but that's just, like I said, the first part, then they're, they're going to come in at the banks will come back and ask you for some documentation. Um, if you're a sole proprietor or, a, um, an LLC small business, you may not have some of the documentation readily available that they're asking for. So it is a process. Once you get through the first initial step, it's not just go online, put your information and wait for your money. There is a process. I was talking with my accountant yesterday, and, and the reality is he's doing, he's almost quit doing tax returns, trying to help people through that. And I know Richard, you know, let me see if I can get Richard back in the studio, because I know with Career Transition, they're helping some people to do that. And the reality is, I think it's important that at least we have that ability and, uh, you know, to do that. And that's that's important at this point. So now, Richard, I know you do that. You you can help people guide them through that. What's your see? What do you see with that problem? I, t- I see the same thing. And uh, the CPAs that I talk to from from my background, uh, they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're working incredible hours right now, but it's not on tax returns. Yeah, it's, it, it's on all these loan packages and, and getting, uh, getting all their documentation, you know, together and apply. And, uh, for them, uh, the struggle is going to be, some of them will get it and some of them, some of them won't, and they're doing a, a whole lot of work, but like advising, uh, and talking to someone like Shannon, who understands the process, that's, that's everything. It's, it's knowing somebody who knows how to do it. That's a good point. So now Shannon, let me ask you this question. For someone who doesn't have a banking relationship that's that's affiliated with the SBA, an SBA banking relationship, yeah. what are you telling them? Because that's what the media is reporting. Everything seems to be fine up here at the top, but there's this bog down if you don't have an SBA bank. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that came out pretty quickly uh, was that if you did not have an already uh, a relationship already with a bank that had SBA loans, uh, they were banks were so overwhelmed that they were taking their customers first. And so what I would say, two things. Number one, uh, there are two different types of loans available to you as a small business owner. Uh, the one that you hear the most about in the news is the PPP, and that's the one that we're talking about now that's done through your local banks. Uh, if you don't have a banking relationship, you can also go to sba.gov. The, there are the economic disaster loans that are available there. Uh, those are the ones that have the grant that while they're uh, looking at your application, they can go ahead and release the grant funds, theoretically, uh, that you can get that money. Uh, and that money can also be used for things other than payroll. So you can go straight. To, you don't need anybody. You don't need a bank. You can go straight to SBA.gov, apply for one of those. Now, those loans are not forgivable, uh, but we're talking low interest, so 3.75%. Um, and you can stretch it over a 30-year period. So that's the first thing I would say. If you still are interested in the PPP and you don't have a local bank, uh, PayPal, Square have have recently been approved to handle these applications. So you can actually go on to PayPal's website and apply for the PPP loan through PayPal. So you don't need a banking relationship there. You you get in a user account name with PayPal, you can go ahead and apply through them as well. And there's some others that are coming more available as we hear senators and congressmen say we're going to approve another 250 billion or so for this program. 
So what would we say is that you just have to get started and then get into the process. Don't put this off till the summer when you it, if you don't need it, yeah. you don't you can always send it back. Well, the thing is we don't know exactly what how long this is going to last or what your business may be doing great today, but in 60 days we don't know what that will look like. We would encourage your business to go ahead and at least go on to sba.gov, start that process of applying. It's going to take longer. Those loans, those SBA loans have taken longer in the past, even when we didn't have this type of pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. And you're talking four, five, six months to get approved. Now we have millions of people coming into the system at one time trying to get these approved. So these are going to take a while to, to pan out. Um, and don't get discouraged. You know, Just because it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be, any assistance that you can apply and get, you need to go ahead and do that. You know, I think the media would tell us in a minute that it's uh, too hard to do, it's not working, and things like that. Well, the reality is uh, it's a lot of people doing it, so just be patient. Yeah. And understand that there's a lot of people that need it, and you're part of that, and just work through the process. Right. It's it's one of the things, it's nothing's going to be easy. If you, you Never may, is. Nothing's ever easy. Um, but these funds, if you, can, if you can get them, and if you have employees that you're trying to keep on, you should have already applied for the PPP, and if you've not, you need to do that today. Yeah, that's a great point. Let me ask you this. This pandemic has also shed some light on our healthcare system. I mean, I know the media is talking about that we seem to be, you know, positioning ourselves to say this person's getting care, this is not. The, the CDC has put out some data that shows that maybe there's racial disparity with COVID-19 cases. So take, take about the, talk about this data and what you're seeing and what you're hearing as far as what you're dealing with with people. Yeah, so this is, um, I think this bringing a lot of things to light. Um, And and a lot of things that it brings to light, we still don't know the answers to, but they did bring out some interesting numbers that kind of jumped off the page uh, at me. Uh, One of the numbers that they they put out was that um, African Americans constitute about 13% of the U.S. population, but they're accounting for 33% of the overall hospitalization uh, for coronavirus. So 33% uh, of mm. people that are hospitalized, and that's because of underlying health conditions. The The other big statistic um, that, that came out of that was that 90%, almost 90% of hospitalizations had an uh, at least one underlying health condition. So you talk about coronavirus and who it's affecting and who's ending up in the hospital, 90% of the people that ended up in the hospital had at least one underlying health condition. What were those underlying health conditions? For our listeners, I mean, so we put ourselves on alert and say, okay, that's something I need to be sensitive. I know a cancer patient like myself who has a immune system that is compromised. I have to be careful. So sure. I understand that. And I would say this to any of my listening audience that's, that's cancer patients. Absolutely build a wall around you. Be absolutely. absolutely careful. What are these other underlying conditions? So I mentioned 90% of hospitalizations had at least one, uh, and those were broken down. 50% had high blood pressure. So there's many of us that have high blood pressure. Uh, 48% were obese. 35% had chronic lung disease. And 28% had diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So those were the four main issues, the underlying conditions that put people in the hospital with coronavirus. And most of the time, that happens to be our elderly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and it, the, I think one of the people that may have not have good access to health care before all of this started, maybe have not been getting certain things checked out, diabetes especially, uh, what we see in the, in, in the group health market and just being in health insurance in general 
Um, diabetes is one of those conditions that sometimes the, uh, the insulin and the, and the needles and everything that you need can be expensive. Uh, if you don't have health insurance, a lot of people either take a half dose of what they should be taking of insulin or they don't take it at all. Um, and so when you have that going on with on top of that coronavirus and you're not taking care of yourself because you can't afford to uh, with your health care, that becomes a bigger issue. And it, and, it, and it shows itself in these numbers. That's Shannon Dyson, Shoemaker of Insurance Corporation. And of course, he is a frequent guest of ours here on Talk Money. And uh, if you've got a question for Shannon, 757-5757. Let me kind of summarize a couple of things for you. The market has done well in the last week, but I don't need you to get all secure with this. We're going to see some reported economic numbers in the next couple of days that are going to shock you. Unemployment going to go over 10%. I suspect, I think you're going to see earnings to be horrible first quarter. So the reality is, could we see another downturn in the market? Absolutely. So let me give you a couple of thoughts here. Just very quickly, want to make sure you put these in your head and you think about it. You don't follow the herd just because everybody else is doing something. You don't. Stay long term. Look at your portfolio, whether it's your 401k plan or whether it's your personal just savings plan. If it's a long-term plan and it's invested in stocks, bonds, and cash, stay where you were unless your risk tolerance has changed. You dictate what your risk tolerance is. So bottom line is, if your risk tolerance is where it was in January and you're comfortable, you know the equity market's going to go down and you're not concerned about that part, don't jump ship and think you're going to go from there. Stay with it. Also, again, more important than ever, the next couple of days with what's going on with the economy and the reporting, be careful. Don't get emotional. Now, you know, we say that a lot here, and I take it for granted that everybody knows that, but the reality is I want to you know, make sure you put that in your mind and you keep it. Don't get emotional. Don't follow the herd. Stay allocated where you are. Now, guys, I got one question for you. I listen to me. Now, now, now Greg, I want to bring you into this because I think we ought to do this and pull that in. I want you all to just make sure that you can do this. Greg, of course, you know, is the producer of the show and does a great job, Greg Ratliff. And, and Shannon, I was reading this morning that there is an offer that if you're doing Zoom meetings, you can rent a llama to be on your Zoom meeting, and that's good, and it only costs $100. I propose, and I want to get your opinion, we could dress up like a panda bear. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think that's doable. Doable panda bear? Oh, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. Okay. Yeah, 100%. All right. So yeah. the three of us, will we will rent ourselves out for Zoom meetings, a panda bear, contract negotiable. And for an extra $10, I'll dance, too. Oh, got it. What yeah, do you think? We could do, we could do a variety. We could do a horse, a camel. I mean, there are a variety of things that we could do with three people. There's a lot of, lot of opportunities. There. I mean, guys. Uh, side hustle. I see that as our next, our next side our hustle. Next opportunity. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Shannon, thank you so much. Richard, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys being here. Of course, Jamie Fish. You've been listening to KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guests, Jamie Fish, Richard Redmont, Shannon Dyson, and Craig Ratliff. They've all been a part of today's program. If you have additional questions for Jamie, you can reach him at 
347-5830. And if you'd like to talk with him personally, just give him a call. If you would like to talk to Shannon or Richard Redmond, call them at 6757-5757. That's 757-5757-1800-1800-757-1059. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial and be sure to like us on Facebook. Contract negotiable for three panda bears for your Zoom meeting. I mean, we will look the part in your Zoom meeting. Contracts negotiable. Give us a call. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. We've certainly enjoyed it. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker, Richard Redmont, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Oh,